Welcome to Kuden, the radio show and podcast for self-defense and martial arts news, interviews, techniques, and history. Hosted by Shihan Jeffrey Miller and Shidoshi Eric White. Shihan Miller is the 13th degree black belt and master instructor of Warrior Concepts International in Sunbury, Pennsylvania. Shidoshi Miller's martial arts career spans over 30 years and has taken him around the world to train with some of the world's best martial arts masters. Shidoshi Eric White has been a student of Shihan Miller's for over a decade. Together, they will answer your questions, discuss techniques, history, and current issues important to you, the self-defense-minded citizen and the practicing martial artist. Submit your questions by email to warriorc at warrior-concepts-online.com. Hello, welcome to Kuden. Happy New Year. This is our first episode of 2018. Uh, I'm Eric White, joined by Jeffrey Miller. Yes, I can So I uh, I was listening a, a little bit. I, I missed the Friday morning the the call you do with some of your students uh, in the morning on on Fridays. But uh, I did check mm. out a, a, a smidgen of the replay, and I heard you were starting to talk a little bit about the actual phrase, uh, the Japanese phrase for wishing each other a happy New Year, and, and how it kind of pertains to new beginnings. Is that me? Are you sure it was my my call? I think so. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but he does a really good anyway. job at sounding like you. Yeah, well, you know, there's those COVID ninja that are out there. That's what we used to do when <laughs> I was coming up through the ranks. We, if somebody was doing, quote unquote, needed to, but uh, you know, really what they did was through some karate and some judo and whatever together, um, and when skulking around, uh, we would say that they were COVID ninja because all the uh, ninja schools in the Bujinkan, uh were actually from the Iga region. So uh, anyway, it was never, never mind. I guess it had to be, uh, it had to be there. And um, <laughs> the older I get, the more I realize um, you probably won't. And every time yeah. I hear the lead-in for this thing, I keep thinking, at what point do you need to change that? Because yours says you've been a student for over a decade, but um, I, I think we're pushing that, aren't we? Uh, yeah, I suppose. You Japan with me in 2004. Yeah, no, I started training with you in 2003, so yeah, yeah, it's getting there. Yeah, we're <laughs> yeah. anyway, so uh, that just means we're getting uh, more like fine wine, or, anyway, so uh, yeah, the Yakimashi, I'm going to do a raisin. So if we... <laughs> <laughs> now, you can be a raisin, I'm not going to be a raisin, anyway, um, so... Wow. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I, I broke that down a little bit in that uh, in that class this morning with my, my guys. I went into it much more in depth. So if anybody's interested in taking this topic and running with it, because I'm not I'm not doing a, a whole hour uh, on just this one uh, thing again. So uh, what I did was I broke it down a little bit because you know often people will go on to Google or wherever, right? No. You know, how do you say Happy New Year in Japanese? And here's this phrase, right? So they go running around, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like people getting freaking shirts that have kanji all over it and, you know, mm -hmm. have no idea what it says, but it looks cool, right? Um, yeah. Just once I want to make up a shirt that has kanji on it and make it look really, really cool so people want it and they buy it, but really the kanji says this gaijin has no idea what the shirt says, you know, <laughs> something like that. Right. right. I think that'd be funnier than crap, right? Every Chinese and Japanese person would just be like, you know, <laughs> anyway, so, uh, you know, so you learn this thing, right? But Akemashite um, uh, Omitogozaimasu, there's a lot of uh, subtle meaning to it, right? Uh, it, well, you've been around for a while. Anybody that's been around for a while and been in the dojo, received um, a rank promotion or like one of the scroll uh, certifications uh, kind of things, right? When I when I award that, right, I say Omitogozaimasu. And for those mm -hmm. Japanese, that's congratulations, Right, Akimaste goes along with uh, an introductory greeting, kind of a, an obligatory uh, saying between two people that are meeting each other for the first time. Right, um, so there, there's more that goes to it, but Akimaste has to do with uh, having a good beginning, right, uh, starting off on the right foot, so to speak. Right, so there's two things going on here. One, you're being congratulated for this. Uh, for this thing, right? But what is that thing, right? Well, the thing is a new beginning, right? So uh, th this is spoken in, in Japan pretty much during the first week after the new year, right? The new year being the 
the most important holiday is, you know, Japan. You, I don't know if you've been there. Have you been in Japan in December? I have November, not been uh, during that time. I, I've been kind of in the uh, late summer as well oh, okay. as you know, main part. Yeah, well, they, they, decor- they decorate up, you know, go to Shinjuku in, in December, and there's like a giant inflated Santa Claus on top of a corporate <laughs> building. It's this ginormous thing. Well, you know how the Japanese do things, right? It's just, yeah. you know, if it moves, blinks, and makes noise, they're all about it, right? So anyway... <laughs> Um, they decorate up. Well, you know, they imported Christmas from the West, so it's the commercial holiday. And what they imported was the decorations and, you know, the festivities and, and that side of things, right? Mm-hmm. Where a lot of folks here, um, it's it's more it's more of a spiritual thing, right? So, yeah. um, I mean, it's kind of split here, I guess, right? Um, where uh, New Year's for us is like the party, you know, yeehaw. Go, you know, go to town kind mm-hmm. of thing, right? And uh, in Japan, it's just the opposite, right? Christmas is the party time, and New Year's is the spiritual kind of get yourself refocused. It's it's probably the one time uh, during the year. I mean, there's there's a couple of times during the year, but this is one of those big ones where more people end up showing up at temples and shrines hmm. than any other time during the year, right? And it's to it's to kick things off in a good way, um, almost as a redo. So, you know, the phrase, like um, it, it's about this new beginning. Congratulations, you made it, right? You made it through the last one. You made it to this point. Um, you get this opportunity, right, to have a renewal or a new beginning, right, or a good beginning, right? So it's, it's really a way to kind of set your sights on things. And it really goes back to our New Year's resolutions, not the way people think of them now, because some people could toss them in the trash. Some people, you know, do them as a, you know, it's the thing we do kind of thing, right? Um, but New Year's resolutions, if you look at the history of it, and I'm not going to jump into that a whole lot, but if you look at the history, um, it goes way, way back. I mean, way back, right, where um, – it was that thing that was done at the new year for a person who was maturing and developing themselves and, uh, you know, raising, uh, because you're going back to a time when as you became older and you became an elder in the tribe, right, you were responsible for more and more things. You were responsible for steering and guiding the tribe and and things like that, right? So the, the new year's resolution Remember the the root word, resolve, right? To resolve, Mm. to commit to something, right? And that's what they did. There was a vow or commitment to become better, to become more of, to be, you know, to become, right? And um, I think the Japanese uh, phrase uh, still kind of points in that direction. It's not so blasé, right? Like, oh, what should be your New Year's resolution, you know? And three days from now, you can remember. What, what you even said, right? So, um, yeah. And then, uh, I mean, I don't know how far you got into that uh, into the recording this morning uh, for the class, but um, what I did was I kind of redirected people's attention away from the normal way that people set goals, right? Because I believe that it's it's backwards. You know me, I'm always the one telling you that the way people normally do things is backwards. So I'm the Hmm. contrarian, right? So, um, but people tend to, they tend to focus on things from a perspective where it's just too vague, right? People want to master ninjutsu. People want to earn their black belt or the next level black belt, or, you know, they want to marry so-and-so or whatever, right? Well, Mm -hmm. great. Okay. But as a goal, as a, as a thing, um, you know, to work on, it's too vague. I mean, you know, in, in this country, we have we have a thing in law uh, where a law can be rendered void for vagueness. That if the lawmakers didn't make it uh, easy for the average person to look at and understand it, now you don't have to learn, you don't have to understand all the nuances or whatever, but you have to know whether or not you are doing what you're supposed to be doing, or you're guilty of violating the crime or something, you know, committing a crime or something like that. It has to be easily understood by the average person, okay? If not, it can be rendered void for vagueness, okay? And I think that's the way most people 
uh, are with their goals. Most of their goals could be rendered void for vagueness, and they are because mm. they drift away from them. Okay? Because what, what people typically set as a goal, in my eyes, is the thing that will be attained by default if you do the things you need to do and you avoid the things you need to avoid or limit the things you need to limit or whatever, if you do the right things, right? So I think that people need to, to focus more on the tasks, whether or not you like them or not. It doesn't matter, right? Nobody ever said you had to like it. But they need to focus on the tasks, not on the end result. I mean, you can mm. keep that in mind, but, um, you know, it's, a, it's about reverse engineering. And we do that with our GOMA fire ceremony, right? Um, you, you establish the goal, right, the thing that you want, but what do we do from there, right? We reverse engineer the goal, right? So we back down to some major steps that have to be in place. You know, let's say we're going to Japan, right? Great, okay, so we need to establish a date, right? And, and we do that up front, right? Okay, so I'm going to go mm -hmm. to Japan, whatever, right? But we establish a date, thereby the deadline, right? But that's really just when we want that to be realized, right? But the, the other things in place are how much money do we need to have by that time? How much money do we need to have by a certain, you know, closer date to purchase airfare? We need to research airfare or keep our eye on airfare. Uh, we need to reserve hotel, decide where we're staying and we're there. We need to uh, make arrangements for family or work or uh, we might need to bone up on our practice so we don't look like a frickin' dancing monkey when we're there instead of somebody that's actually been practicing for, you know, however long, right? But there are these things, and then, right, then they can be broken down into smaller tasks, right? Because the idea is that if you, if you know what the tasks are that need to be done and you do those things, then that thing that you want to happen will happen by default. Does that make sense? Yeah, mm-hmm. You know, um, and and in the in the class that I covered this morning, I, I related and kind of pointed everybody to um, this program that we have called the Life Purpose Discovery uh, Process or course, and um, it's a simple course. Well, it's simply laid out, and it's it's looks like it's really easy to go through. But uh, if you do it correctly, it can take a little while to actually, you know, do it. And I suggest that anybody that's done it do it again. I promise your outcome will look a little different. But anyway, so it's, it's these five exercises, uh, five, seven exercises that you end up doing. Um, but exercise three, you had to have gone through exercises one and two, which are actually two parts. That's why I said seven instead of five, right? But you go through mm -hmm. one, one and two, and that gives you this this list, really, really small list of things that, uh, you know, if you were going to wave a magic wand and have the perfect life, for you, um, what would not be negotiable, right? These things must be there um, in every aspect, right? Um, so for me, on my list, there's like five things, okay? And I always tell people, no more than five or six, right? And keep material things off the table, right? Um, so anyway, there's these five things, right? So the exercise is, is basically where you write these five things down on the left side of a, of a paper, put lots of space between them, and then on the right side, across from each of these things, like one of mine is access to my teachers, okay? Mm -hmm. Another one is um, freedom to be authentic and to express myself authentically, right? So um, across from each of these, the person is to write down the things or conditions or whatever that are currently uh, happening in their life that are preventing that from occurring, right? So it could be controlling and manipulative people. It could whatever, right? You write these things down, right? And when they're finished, what they're, what they're then led to understand is that they just laid out a roadmap because what ends up happening is people try to make the goals happen, right, freedom to express myself authentically, access to teachers, you know, that kind of thing, right? That mm. they're, 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 well, they're working on making that happen, but the problem is is that you're going to need tons of energy and you're going to be like a hamster on a wheel trying to make this thing happen while still having these limiters in place, yeah. right? So it's like running uphill on a treadmill 
<laughs> that's you know the treadmill is pushing you down faster than you can run up or, or whatever, right? So, um, but the trick is to actually focus on the right side and to either eliminate control or change your perspective so that you can accept or relate to those things better. And what you're doing is systematically getting them out of the way because when you remove the limiters that you say are preventing you from getting this thing, then that thing should happen by default. If it doesn't, then you weren't clear about what was – or you, you missed something, right? But yeah. if you eliminate the limitations – and this is part of the four right efforts in our Mikio training. Okay? We, have, we have four in, in, the, in the conventional sense in the, in the eight, in normal eightfold path, right? You have one of the eight is right effort. But in Mikio, it's really broken down. So you have four, these four right efforts, right? Everybody wants to focus on the positive things, right? The doing, doing, doing. But they're constantly feeling like they're always falling short or they don't know why they always feel like this hamster on a wheel or whatever. Well, it's because you're trying to get someplace while you got a bunch of people yanking on the ropes or chains or whatever pulling you back. And it couldn't hmm. – it might not be people. It might be your own, your own uh, character traits, right? procrastination, sure. whatever, right? But the, the reality here is that if you limit, restrict, or eliminate, or avoid these limiters, then these other things should happen by default. And it's the same thing with just general goals, right? You don't work on being a black belt, right? Because what I find is that, and I think you would agree, when you look through the martial arts world, there are lots of people that want their black belt for egoistic or egocentric reasons, right? They want to show off. They want to be admired by people. They want to scare yeah. people, whatever, right? They have this thing. But for a lot of us, the black belt is just symbolic of a set of skills that we have because it's really what we want to be able to do with that skill set, right? So the black belt shouldn't matter. The black belt is symbolic of skills and abilities, it's not, it doesn't bestow skills and abilities. I mean, hell, you can go to awa.com or awa.com, awma.com, right, or century.com or one of these martial arts supply places and order a black belt. Congratulations, right? Yeah. Go around calling yourself a black belt. People will be impressed. But anyway, um, so we have this, uh, uh, we have this, this goal to have a set of abilities or to have abilities that we can use for things, right, to help other people, to protect ourselves, that kind of thing, right? So why not focus on the abilities? Why not focus on the tasks? Don't focus on the, the end goal. Focus on the task. And I'm, I'm going to cut to the chase here with this one because I spent an hour, like I said, talking to my, my inner circle students. Um, but the big thing I got to was, um, you know, there's a skill that most people overlook, and hmm. it has nothing to do with punching or kicking or throwing or rolling or whatever, right? That skill is showing up. Because the first hmm. skill that I have to teach to new students at the dojo is to attend class twice a week <laughs> and to practice every day. Just to get there on and time. I can't do anything about them practicing every day. What's that? Just getting there and getting on time. <laughs> Just show up, yeah, right? Yeah, show up. So the first goal that I want my my on, you know my long-distance students to have is 15 minutes of practice a day. Now, that's not very long when you think about it because people want to set aside an hour or two because they think that by doing that much extra training, they'll get to black belt faster or whatever. Mm. Yeah, No, you won't because most people can't carve out an hour or two or they'll end up getting burned out fast or whatever. So sure. just 15 minutes, right? So pick a couple of kamai, a strike or two, uh, maybe one of the sanshin movements, whatever, maybe a forward roll. Okay, you're going to do a couple of those each time, right? You know that you you set aside your time, right? That's easily 10 to 15 minutes. Okay, do that every single day, hmm. and you will get better. You will see massive results and faster results in a shorter amount of time, simply by picking a small set and working those things every day. Within a week or two, you're gonna you know you're gonna trade out. So what I tip, what I told those folks was you know you do this do this set right so that you you 
can do it eight or nine times out of ten without looking, right? If you're doing come I look at the video or look at a picture or whatever, right? So you can do it without double-checking yourself. So it looks right to you. Great. Now set up a video camera or set up your phone or whatever, right? Shoot a short video of you doing that skill set. Send it to me and so I can review it and give you feedback. So now while you're waiting for review and feedback, maybe you switch out and decide, okay, I'm going to work on rolling. Okay, I'm going to work on a forward roll from Cohen, Seiza, and Fudoza. And I'm going to do that until I get the feedback back from, from Sensei. Okay, so now you got that to work on. Then the feedback comes back, and there's a couple of little things to tweak, right? So, okay, I got my rolling, and I think that's right to me, right? So I'm going to shoot a video for that and send it off to Sensei. And while I'm waiting for that, I'm going to fix these couple little tweak things and get that taken care of. And just keep repeating the process, right? Yeah. But 15, 15 minutes a day, every single day. And if we go by the, the rule in our Mikyo training, right, from the Tendai Shu, to establish a habit, you have to do that for 21 days straight, okay? And if you skip a day, what happens, Eric? <laughs> the next day that you do it is day one. Right. It's 21 consecutive days. Yeah. to rewire the neuro network and to rewire so that it becomes a habit, so that you feel odd when you don't do it. Like the whole week we took, we closed the school, and I didn't do training. Well, I didn't teach, and I wasn't in the dojo. I just started getting this itch. Right? And so I was mm-hmm. doing things around the house and, you know, that kind of thing, right, because something's missing, right? So yeah. we develop a habit. To develop a habit, 21 days straight. Now, sometimes science will say, well, as little as 12. Yeah, well, 21 is almost double that, so do the 21. Yeah. Right? And if you skip a day, the next day you do it is day one. And if you skip three, and don't do this. Don't, you know, you miss three days and you decide, okay, the next time, okay, I'm just, I'm going to do 45 minutes instead of 15 minutes. No, you won't. Right. No, you won't. Because if you, if you couldn't eke out 15 freaking minutes out of 24 hours, yeah. You know, you're going to do three times that. Right. No, it's not cumulative. Yeah. No, you, you don't make no. up for it. You, okay? So it, it's not the same. And they've also proven that doing an hour or two or whatever or something is like taking more of a medicine. Right? Hmm. You'll just burn out faster or whatever, right? It just it doesn't work that way. So anyway, yeah. like I said, you know, we talked about I I did a full class for people. If anybody's interested, they could send me an email and I'll uh, send him a link to the to the class. That's fine. I don't I don't care. Um, it's a good. Uh, we'll call it a gift, right? Um, but yeah, I just uh, it, this, this is a, a kind of a chance to to start anew. So it doesn't matter how you've been practicing up to this point. Um, here's something new. Maybe try this, okay? Because what we're looking for is consistency, right? We're looking for the you know to to get things in place so that. We don't have to struggle so hard to, to get things to happen. I mean, learning the art and, and mastering this stuff is hard enough, and it should be, right? Training should be harder than any experience you could ever run into in life, okay? It's just if it's not, if it's not pushing you that far and that hard, then what the hell is it preparing you for, right? So uh, anyway, so, you, you know, you have another opportunity to, to – jump at this, but I think the first skill that everybody needs to work on is just showing up. Stop talking about it. Get offline, right, and do your, just start with 15 minutes, right, and do that every single day. Because as Hatsumi Sensei told an older teacher of mine a long, long time ago, uh, which that teacher didn't like very well, but um, he looked at him and said, the difference between you and I is consistency, it doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter, you know, uh, from day to day, rain, sleep, whatever, right? Uh, consistency, hmm. right? So anyway, um, and that's a skill, right? It's it's part of the discipline that people expect that the martial arts are going to teach you, okay? Just can you practice to just show up? It doesn't matter what you're going to work on when you show up. Right. If you can't show up on your own without having to drive miles to a dojo, change into other clothes or whatever, you're you're in your own freaking house. I mean, how much easier can it get? 
apparently much easier. I mean, I, I guess if we could hire somebody else to do it for us and, and get the uh, get the benefits, a bunch of people would jump on that. Oh yes, do us look around the world of religion. Hmm. Oh, by the way, the char- you know you know uh, every year I pick a different character off the mandala to develop for myself, right? To pull that that character yeah. trait out mm-hmm. and dust it off and do it. So. Couple of, past couple of years, I've done everything from Kanon and Seishi for Compassion to Jizo, I think was uh, two years ago or maybe uh, it was last year, um, for Discipline and, and those kind of things. And um, uh, this year, I'm back to Fudomyo. So uh, this year's the come on, cut the shit kind of mm. thing, right? both for me and all that. So uh, you know, students end up uh, hearing more of an edge. Um, that's going to be it. So uh, uh, I, I, I'm finding that um, I'm having less and less tolerance for those who were showing up, at, but they had what I'm calling a martial arts seizure. It was a good idea for an hour or a day or whatever, and then they saw the curriculum and, <coughs> you know, it's, mm. um, that's, that's too much. Oh, my God. So... Uh, did I ever tell you about a couple of guys that came into the dojo? And this was this was oh, way before you started training. There were some guys that came into my dojo. They were fourth degree black belts. I think just, there were two of them. They were fourth degree black belts in some other school, and they just felt like they ran out of things to train with, how things to work on. And um, I think they were training in Aikido or Jiu-Jitsu. I don't know what it was. Anyway, uh, but they had a fourth degree black belt, but they had hung out there for a long time. And they were really exploring this whole Nijutsu thing because, you know, look at all the stuff, you know. I mean, you never run out of things to train with, right? So they came to me. And at that point, I was using the Kasumian curriculum. So uh, there was a lot. There were nine areas of training for every Q rank, right? And then each area had multiple things, right? And so um, I started describing these things. And these guys finally stopped me and said, all that just to get the black belt. You know, I don't want hmm. to do that. I said that when you don't want to do more stuff. Right? You want to learn new things and get a new belt, but you don't want to learn new things. So uh, they never came back. <laughs> I laugh about that. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. Maybe this will be the, the kick in the butt that somebody needs for uh, for uh, training in progress, um, or you know it'll be the reason that they unsubscribed. I, I had 33 people unsubscribed from my from my uh, mailing list today. That's awesome, isn't mm. it? That is <laughs> yeah. awesome. Okay, that's 33 people I don't have to pay for anymore to send stuff out. Right? People only think about the new. Uh, you know, the, the free newsletter or whatever that they're getting or whatever, I don't think they give any thought to the fact that I have to pay for every single freaking name that's on that list, and I have over 4,000 people on a list. Right? Yeah. So um, feel free to subscribe if you're not serious or if I've pissed you off and save me some money. You know, if you are serious, hang out, and I'll, talk, you know, pass things in your direction that I think you need to know. But if not, um, save us both some grief. Right. Yeah. So, there you go. Anyway. Well, you know, and I think too, it's important for people to realize, you know, as we talk about, you know, action and and you know, we we can we can think about these goals we want to set and we can talk about them, but you know, that critical third part of acting towards uh, reaching that goal, um, that you know, people go, oh well, I don't have enough energy, or I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And, you know, I would say to that, I think people don't realize they're taking, they're already taking action. They're just taking action opposite to their goal. So, you know, it's not about, it requires more energy. It requires taking the energy of the actions to not do the things you want to be doing and and realigning them to be going the direction you want to go. Uh, Who the hell ever promised that that this was easy? Right. (laughs) You know, getting your teeth knocked down your throat or getting, you know, run through or shot and Whatever. But you know, your your unsubscribers really point that out to me. It's like people all the time take actions. You know, like it took somebody to to think effort and make some clicks to unsubscribe. You know, they went through the the effort and time to to give up on it. You know, that that there was still action involved. It's like so, you're willing to put out effort 
uh, adverse to where you want to be going, it's still you're putting effort out. You're just you know going the wrong direction. You know what? I, I think that, <laughs> I, I run into this in the corporate world a lot, where uh, people run around to solve problems, but they're tr they're trying to solve the problem with the wrong data or with the wrong hmm. um, uh, not just the wrong information, but the wrong perspective. Okay. Yeah. So they end up putting systems in place to solve a problem, but they weren't really looking at the root cause of the problem, so they didn't eliminate that. So what happens is this thing ends up becoming a Band-Aid, and just like New Year's resolutions, within a week or a month, they realize, well, shit, that doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. well, it's not designed to fix what it is that you really have as a problem, right? Like putting zero-tolerance policies and banned weapons on site lists and punitive action statements in place as your workplace violence prevention, um, that's just stupid because you can't prevent violence. You can deter violence, but you can't prevent it. No enraged individual or no calculated planned attacker gives a rat's ass, excuse my language, about your zero tolerance policy. Mm -hmm. And as far as or what you're going to do to them after they've, you know, run through your life, uh, you know, spewing mayhem and, and crap like that, they don't care about that. They do care about your banned weapons on site lists. That's really interesting to them because that just says nobody's armed and able to stop them. So, great. The longer your list, the better they are, right? So, it, it just it doesn't solve anything, right? And this, this is reflected in when, when somebody wants to unsubscribe from my list, right? I've pissed them off or whatever, right? So here's what they do. They spend minutes or longer of their life typing out a flaming email to me <laughs> telling me to unsubscribe them from my list, right? When all they had to do was scroll to the bottom of any given email and click the damn unsubscribe link. Yeah. Right? But I'm the one wasting their time. I'm the one, you know, uh, throwing junk in their direction. I'm the one. Mm. So what you're going to do is spend all this time to send something to me, like that's going to hurt my feelings, because what I'm going to do is I chuckle, I forward it to James, and say, can you find all the instances of this person on our list? and unsubscribe them, and James goes over to the, the site, types in their email address, find, and does a global search, and deletes them, right? Mm -hmm. So what they really did was did a whole bunch of flaming things to what? Make us do the work that they could have done in less than five seconds, right? So if they're doing that with something that irritates them, right, <laughs> how much more are they doing in the wrong direction and using the wrong methods on things that they say they want to, you know, to yeah. be more successful. I yeah. mean, if that that's seriously your mo, so and that's not just for them. I mean, we all need to think about how we do dumb things in our lives and how we're spinning our wheels, and we won't stop and wonder, hmm, what am I missing? Because if what I'm doing is supposed to work, then I shouldn't be spinning my wheels. So what's mm -hmm. off, right? right? Um, but uh, so, you know, it, it's just a matter of focus, right, and, and clarity and getting clarity. And that may not be easy, right? But at the same time, if somebody's firing off a flaming email, you know, they're just swathing themselves or bathing in anger, right? They've got all these these chemicals flying around their system and all that, right? And they send it to me. I'm just going to chuckle, roll my eyes, and toss it off to James. didn't hurt me at all. But that negative response and that anger and all that and all those chemicals that they're bathing their organs and everything in is doing damage to them. So who's really being hurt in an attempt to hurt somebody else? Right? I mean, you're not trying to stab me or throw a punch or, you know, a fist in my face. So, um <laughs> you know, the sticks and stones kind of thing, right? I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's funny where people try to solve a problem either backwards or by spending 10 times more effort and energy to solve that problem than they could have. 
So all these yeah. people have to do is scroll down and click a damn link. It's that simple. <laughs> right? I, it's, it's just that simple. So anyway, I think I balanced out the uh, the 33 uh, unsubscribes today. Uh, just, I don't know, I looked at it the other uh, few minutes ago and stuff. So I had eight more subscribers. Um, now, I, I know what most people would say, well, eight doesn't balance out 33. Yeah, it does. Okay, If I had eight focused people who want to learn something and want to be on my list, that certainly makes up for 33 that I'm paying for that are either not yeah. opening my emails or disregarding them or signed up to get something free but weren't really serious about anything, and I'm paying for that. Oh, yeah. Eight certainly does balance out 33. One balance is out 33. Right? It's yep. a matter of focus and perspective. Right? It's not about you know, making the scales balance. It's about where's, where's my return on investment and where's that individual's return on investment. And if we started thinking more about what you're getting in return for the effort that you're putting out, are you getting more back than what you're putting in, then you would automatically know whether you're putting in enough or not. Or, you're put, or what you're putting in is in the right place or the wrong place. Just a thought. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Happy New Year. Anyway. We'll see how many more people unsubscribe after this one. <laughs> you know, it's funny, too. I, I, you, some people, I think they're so, um, there's such an abundance of access to knowledge these days. I was thinking about this before the call and, um, you know, I'd grabbed my phone and opened up Twitter for a second and here's uh here's this this tweet from the Dalai Lama because I follow the Dalai Lama on Twitter and it's like yeah. I, I thought for a second I'm like my god you know people used to have to try to traverse mountains and just just to just to get <laughs> yeah. access to this wisdom in the first place and I get it in a tweet when I'm you know in between phone calls uh how 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 it's changed people's journey to knowledge uh, from where it used to be to where it is now, you used to have to have this this drive and some some kind of uh, passion or focus to go out and search these things out and put all the effort in just to get a glimpse of it. And now it comes to you in waves. Yeah, but now you can be so, even more lazy because you get lots of glimpses. Yeah, and you know you look at it for what two hundredths of a second and pass on by. Right? Yeah, because yeah, how many and, of those and, people that see that glimpse are going to do what I know you will do and spend a significant amount of time pondering that thing, yeah, right? Pondering that truth, right? So they made it more convenient, but we've also minimized people's attention span. I think the, the last report I saw on a study that the BBC had done was that um, people that are addicted to technology and do the whole scroll thing, which is about, what is it, 71% of our adult population, teen and adult population, um, uh, have um, or run the risk of having their attention span reduced to uh, what is it eight seconds, eight to ten yeah, seconds, something like six. that, which is the attention yeah. span of a goldfish. Right. Yeah. Congratulations. But it, it, you are you a know, much it, higher it life seems form. To back up, you know, kind of exactly what you're seeing is that um, so many more people come come to this uh, and then end up having a, a false view of it and take themselves out of the equation, so to speak. Uh, it only seems natural that would happen nowadays because the, the access to knowledge is, is so easy now, where before, uh, you know, it would take months to years for a student to even be allowed to start learning how to do a punch or a kamai. And, you know, after they've swept floors and done every other thing and been told no two or three times that they're not even worthy of training, right? Uh, yeah. So but, the, you, know, the, you know, the opposite is also true, right? I was just thinking about this, right? When you were talking about having to traverse mountains and everything, right? I was trained in counterterrorist operations when I was in the U.S. Army in the 80s, okay? And during that time, somebody had to run away from home to figure out how to navigate to get to a freaking hidden terrorist training group in... Mm. Europe or in some desert somewhere or whatever, right? And not get freaking killed in the process of being vetted at every point to get there, right? 
or they had to live in an area where there were gangs and stuff like that to get into groups like that, or mafia or whatever, right? Now, somebody can live in a quiet little rural town in the middle of freaking nowhere and be radicalized and trained sitting in mm. front of a computer screen yeah. and wreak havoc on the world, mm. right? So if the, informa if the information that people have can allow them to train and do things in a much easier way and to get the knowledge, right? And I know people keep telling me, well, training in the dojo is better than training online, so I'm not going to do an online training program. Yeah, but you just told me there's nobody within 100 miles of where you live, so what the hell are you going to do? You're going to wait until some teacher immigrates to your little out of the, play, you know, whatever uh, place. Something's better than nothing, right? But this information is yeah. available, so it's easier for people to get if they just freaking take advantage of it, right? But at the same time, it's easier for people that are just off their rocker or, you know, miscreants or whatever from the get-go to get training and to get direction from people who want to kill you. So there is balance in the world <laughs> in some sense, right? Uh, and speaking of balance, we were talking about, you know, uh, pissing people off and all that. Um, on the uh, webcast, I just uh, looked in where we had almost a dozen. Um, uh, I, I must have pissed off a bunch of them because we're down to four. Okay. <laughs> so so um, there's that. I need to check the question and answers over here to see if anybody threw a, you know, middle finger. Over. No, there's nothing there. So, yeah, so we're down to four over there. And I can't wait to check over on my AWeber account for my, my email service to see how many people jumped over there and just decided, screw this guy, and um, <laughs> unsubscribe. So, I mean, you know, in the course of a half an hour, 30 minutes of discussing hmm. goals and what people need to, to get better at something, uh, and who knows, maybe those uh, seven people or whatever that, that, that dropped off uh, were looking for us to just talk about shuriken and uh, weapons and invisibility right. tech. Who knows? I mean, they, they could have been Naruto fans for all I know. Um, it, you know, it is what it is. But yeah, we dropped we dropped seven in the course of thirty minutes. I'm I'm rocking it. My my new year's starting off well. Fudo is stupid. Them ass. they don't know that we talk all about shurikens at the end of the program. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, has done that. I I remember being in a couple of seminars, uh, Tai Tai here in the U.S. Um, uh. There was one, uh, wait, uh, one I wasn't at. There was one in Arizona that he did this, and there was one uh, in Atlanta where I was in there, and um, I don't know, somebody must have sent out a press release or whatever. I know the one in Arizona, somebody uh, sent out a press release and promised an interview with Hatsumi Sensei for reporters, and the reporter wow. showed up and got everything set up and all that, and then there was this break, and these people wanted to bring Hatsumi Sensei over, and he said, I didn't agree to that, I'm not doing that. And it just huh. when it embarrassed the it embarrassed the sponsors, you know, it pissed off the media, right? right. Um, but then uh, the one in Atlanta that I was at, um, the the media was invited, and he knew they were coming and all that. So these people show up and they set up cameras and all that. The whole time they're setting things up, right? He's throwing people around the stage and all that, and it's just cool stuff, right? So they're excited. They're getting the camera set up and everything, right? That record light goes on, and Hatsumi Sensei goes into like a twenty minute diatribe about <laughs> philosophical things, right? Uh. <laughs> they finally get bored, throw the switch, and start packing up, and he goes back to throwing people around again. Okay? But it was about what should be publicized and what shouldn't be publicized, and, yeah. you know, last thing you want is for people to be learning, you know, things out of context or, or whatever. But, uh, yeah, so anyway. It's, it's always been the teacher's responsibility to make sure that only this that this stuff only falls into the hands of, the, of people that can handle it responsibly. Yeah. Uh, you know, even our bowing in Japan, right? There's this poem that's recited before we do the whole shikinami tsukomiyo kind of thing, and um, it comes from our uh, Kumogakure school. And what that poem basically translates to is that without the right heart and without the right uh, focus. Um, even though you win uh, a battle here or there, you will ultimately lose the war. So um, without the right focus, and, and I mean, think about the kind of things that are taught in Nijutsu, right? Deception, manipulation, all that kind of stuff, right? You put that in the hands of the wrong person, 
I mean, it's like putting a gun in the hands of a four-year-old, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, anyway, and that's why we have different programs at the school, right? Not everybody's learning Yinzu. A lot of them are learning Udo Taizu, right? And for those who don't know, there is a huge difference, right? So, uh, anyway. So, are we going to talk about Shuriken? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> Next episode. Well, we're doing that for the weekend over Dicomio side. So, ah, yeah. Well, that's uh, that was my my note here to kind of close out as we we come here towards the tail end of today was to uh, see about uh, Dicomio side. That's that's coming up this weekend. What kinds of things are going to be uh, discussed and trained and? Yeah. Well, you know. Um, the, the ninja have always been associated with weapons and, and stuff like that, right? And uh, I think what a lot of people miss, uh, because either they or their teacher didn't do the, the requisite historical research, is that all of our titles is based on weapon work, right? So this art has always been backwards from the typical karate approach, where for karate people, you start with unarmed, and then you add weapons and things like that. And um, you can see the disjointedness because it's almost like the weapons have been added on. So they've got one style of movement for their unarmed, and then it's completely different when they pick up a staff or a sword or nunchucks or, you know, whatever. And I'm only saying nunchucks because that's how everybody else says it. Right? <laughs> the word is nunchaku, right, uh, because it was a farming tool. Anyway, so uh, but ours is always uh, based on... Uh, on weapon work, right? First weapon is spear or naginata. The weapon after that is uh, if you survived long enough, right? Uh, with sword, so sword is based on spear, right? And then uh, you just keep systematically bringing the weapon size down until you're unarmed. And then, you know, what you have are these small handheld weapons, ningu, right, that um, uh, just are what in the self-defense world today are called forced magnifiers or forced amplifiers, right? Mm. Uh, where it just makes your punch a little more effective or, you know, whatever, right? So, um, yeah, so what we're going to do is we're going to be exploring three uh, ninja weapon or three ninja weapon categories. Uh, we're going to look at the historical background, how they were developed or why they were developed, and uh, bring it forward into modern times, right? So the three weapons that we're focusing on is Shuriken, Shuko, and Jite, right? Hmm. And uh, I threw Jite in there because, um, again, it's one of those things where uh, it was never developed to be a weapon, just like Shuko, you know, the, the hand claws, never developed to hmm. be a weapon, right? Mm -hmm. Shuriken mm, depends on the, the historical kind of things that you look at, but... Um, they, uh, well, things have always been thrown and, you know, things were developed more and more to become shuriken. Um, they were very, what people need to understand is they were very commonplace items in Japan, right? And if you look at the uh, Shichihode, the seven ways of going, the seven base character types for disguise and impersonation that the ninja had, one of them was a carpenter or a tradesman. And by understanding that, you would understand how they could have had bow shootigan or these hira, flat plate shootigan, um, you know, by the dozens, out in full view, people would have looked at it and never saw a weapon, right? So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so we're going to be looking at that kind of stuff. So we're going to be doing everything from throwing to, you know, defending against weapons to, you know, hand-to-hand, -hand, that kind of stuff, and then um, look at other commonplace items in the world that could be used the same way in today's world. Because generally, you don't need a sword catcher to catch a sword, and, you know, today isn't a mm -hmm. sword catcher, but anyway. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we'll talk about, uh, you know, how to, uh, how to spot a real one from a fake one and uh, why that's so and, you know... Uh, get people's heads on straight about that stuff. So it'll be fun. It'll be a good weekend. Cool. Yeah, yeah. one guy that's upset, he, he's a doctor. Well, he and his wife were both doctors, and they had scheduled to go to Taiwan to visit his grandmother over this period. So he has kind of mixed feelings. He wants to go visit his grandmother and show off the new baby and stuff like that. But at the same time, he's really all about, like, shuriken and the smaller weapons and everything. So it's like, <laughs> uh, do you remember the old Police Academy movies? Yeah, remember yeah, that? Tackleberry. Right. Remember Tackleberry? 
Yeah. <laughs> it was gunplay, and he missed it, right? Well, there's going to be shuriken play, and Josh is going to miss it. So. Uh. <laughs> Josh is a, I don't know if he's on the call this time or not. But, uh, anyway, sorry, Josh. He'll listen to the recording and laugh along with us. I know him. So, uh, But, uh, yeah, there's always the videos. So, cool. Um, I, don't, I don't see anything that's come in. We either have people, I don't know, asleep or pensive or, I don't know, Maybe they're typing out those flaming emails to send to me that I can <laughs> send off to James. I don't know. Uh, let's see if send me anything here. I don't see anything in the email. So, well, we'll see. <laughs> uh, you see anything in the questions? I don't see anything on my no. side. Nope. No? Huh. All right, then. Webcast side here. Are we still... Uh... Oh, wow. All right. Five over there. So either somebody came in late or uh, uh, somebody came back. I don't know. Maybe they felt the disturbance in the force when I was laughing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And uh, like I said, you know, we do these things. Um, I know more people listen to the recording than can actually show up live. And, it, you know, a lot of it has to do with horse schedules and when we are available to do these things. And that's fine. But I would rather have uh, four or five serious people showing up that actually want to learn something and are getting some benefit from this. Um, and, you know, a couple of dozen people listening to the recordings and actually benefiting than, you know, people that are just their focus is on the wrong way because I'm not here to placate anybody. Um, I will be as nice as the next guy to you, but we need to be clear that, you know, there's a teacher-student relationship and there's things that you absolutely must learn. If I can't teach you, I will tell you that and I can point you in a different direction, but that doesn't relieve you of the need to have to learn that thing, right? And again, nobody ever said you had to like it, right? Um, you can think about the alternative. The next time you think about not, well, you brought this stuff up before, right, being tired at the end of the day or not liking something or, you know, that's not comfortable for me or whatever. Mm -hmm. The next time you think about those things and think about avoiding what you have to do and the kind of training you need to be doing to be able to handle situations, you think about what could happen if you don't have that skill and you meet the person who's going to throw something at you where you do need it, okay? Yeah. Um, I remember a, a conversation with, with an uncle who eventually died because uh, he developed emphysema from years of smoking. And um, uh, I, I was a, uh, I think I was a police officer by that point when we had this conversation. And we got on the subject somehow seatbelts, and I said, I'm a firm believer, you know, um, after seeing these people dead in accidents and all that because I, you know, I just, I, I know they're safe and everything. It's just, it's just really uncomfortable, you know, and just pointing at like the, his neck where it came across. He's a bigger guy, so, you mm. know, it's kind of cheats here. It's really uncomfortable. I see, you know what's uncomfortable? Uh, what's uncomfortable is your torso slamming into your, um, into the uh, steering wheel column and either sliding up over the steering wheel and into the into and through the uh, the uh, windshield, or you hit the the steering wheel and the wheel itself breaks away and your chest gets impaled on the steering column. Okay, that's uncomfortable. Compared to that, that chafing at your neck, mm. nothing. Okay, right. And that was the end of that conversation. <laughs> so, uh, uh, and that's what I learned in Germany. In Germany, they would have these, they, like we do these traffic safety commercials where the, you know, the the National Traffic Safety Board, blah, 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 right, gets, mm -hmm. you know, cheap advertising and convinces you that you need to wear seatbelts when really they would rather you not because they'll make money when they fine you for not wearing them. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's just the stupidity in the world. Um, in Germany, what they did was they made, the commercials were actually, uh, reenact not, not reenactments, but they would do these things where they would have crashes happen um, when you were doing the dumb thing, right? Mm. So, uh, talking, like taking an exit or an entrance ramp too fast, right? Um, they would do that. They would put a stunt driver in a car and do this thing so that they could tell you, like, on a certain curve at this speed, it just, like, centrifugal force just pulls you right off the right off the, the road, right? Um, they actually did that with the steering wheel breaking away and a dummy getting impaled on the steering column, right? Um, a mother holding a baby 
inner arms in the passenger seat, right? Um, it's even worse if she puts the seatbelt across the baby. But if the car hits something, you know, at, at 55 miles an hour, the child leaves the mother's arms with the same force as a 357 Magnum round, right? Yeah. So there's no way to hold that baby back, right? And if you put the, the seatbelt over the baby and yourself, now you have your body weight mm. pushing into this baby on this strap. Mm. Um, mm. You know, so, so what they did was they reenacted these things, which I thought was brilliant, right? So mm -hmm. don't talk about it in theory. Show them. This is exactly what happens, right? Um, and I, I think that's, <laughs> I don't know, maybe that's a good idea for some people, right? Um, yeah. One of the jokes that we used to have in the dojo was, um, you know, um, <laughs> a couple of the guys came up with this funny thing that, you know, maybe they should just go around town and, like, jump people uh, and then, you know, <laughs> leave a card on them or something that, you know, if you don't want this to happen again, call this number <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and I said, nah, that's just, that would be not good for us. But, uh, you know, the, the whole thing that a lot of people want to want to do things, but they're theorizing about the problem or theorizing about the benefits or the, you know, the, the end result or whatever, and they don't have any direct experience with it. That's why in some success courses, what they do, uh, you pay a little bit more for these, but there's some success courses where the uh, host will actually rent uh, a Maserati or a Ferrari or something like that for a day. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a session where everybody gets, gets to jump in and, take a little drive around in this thing that they've always fantasized about having, more of those people in courses like that that have had that experience or they get to go out on a yacht or whatever end up being more successful or being successful with the course because they've now had the experience and they want to have more of that. It's not theorizing. They're not a poor guy who's wearing torn jeans and dirty T-shirt. Um, fantasizing about having a Ferrari. It's somebody who, at least for that day, dressed up in a sports shirt and slacks and some nice shoes and all that, and was dressed more like a successful person, hopped into this thing they've always wanted to have or drive or whatever, and got a taste of that experience or that life. And they strive more. The other people mm -hmm. that strive more as well, and the ones that do really well in my programs, are the ones that have been attacked before like Orain or Aaron Two Feathers or whatever. These are people that, after years of, of conventional martial arts training, got jumped and almost died and then went looking, and now they had a litmus test, uh, you know, to, to base on what they were looking for. They weren't just looking for the most convenient school um, near their house, or they weren't just looking for the cool thing, right, you know, with, with the most weapons or whatever. They, they had the head criteria. Right, and yeah. so now where one one group was striving harder to get more of this experience that they had, this other group is striving to work to never let that happen ever again. Right, those are the people that have drive. Those are, and they know why they have drive. It's not theory. It's not. It's not a fantasy. It's you know it is what it is. And for those who don't have that come to classes like I'd have or like in the uses of Sensei's Dojo and you get slammed hard once or twice. You know this, right? Mm. Um, and, and then you want to learn how to defend against that thing because that freaking hurt. Right? Yeah. So, anyway. Happy New Year! <laughs> Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Wow, that sounded mafia. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That was fun. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't see anything else popping up. Let me no. see if anybody's even out there. They could be listening at work and, you know, got their earbuds in or whatever. Uh, normally, if Tim's here, Tim checks in. I, I didn't see him. Uh, but, you know, people could still be on holiday. If you are on and you have a last-minute question or comment that Eric or I could handle for you before we uh, put this one into the history archives, um, speak up. And now we have to wait the 16 to 18 seconds until my voice comes out of their device and they can actually hear, right? Pretty cool, right? One of the Kuji is to break the bonds of time and space. And we do that every mm. time we do a podcast, Eric. Isn't that cool? 
right? <laughs> it is pretty cool. We're having a conversation like we're sitting in the same room. We're 3,000 miles apart, and yeah. we're having a conversation with people on a podcast that are 20 seconds behind us in time. Yeah. Right? Well, and, and, and I've always felt goal setting is the same thing. It falls under the same category because you can you can see and create and you know what this goal is, and it's a moment in time you know, in front of you that you can reach – given the right steps, you know, so it's like... Uh, but you still have to act in time. real time. Sure. Yeah. But everything you're doing, and what, you're, what people need to understand is what you're doing right now, whether you're actually training or avoiding it, is creating the karmic chain that will produce or not that thing that you say you want. Yeah. Okay? So do the right things, and that tomorrow will become a today for you. Don't do the right things. You'll still get it tomorrow, but the tomorrow that you want will never come. Mm-hmm. How's that for philosophy at the end of the, uh, the, end of the podcast? Huh? That's pretty Stay good. Ass, it? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're laughing. I don't see anything, so either we yep. have been sleeping, drooling, or I don't know. Maybe there's a, we'll just write it off to the fact that they're I don't know working and they can't they can't respond. So <laughs> uh, that's cool. All right. So do you have anything else to toss out there before we wrap this thing up? No, no. Uh, I, I hope you have a, a great uh, daikomiosai here over the weekend, and looking forward to uh, next week and maybe getting some some recap of how things went. Yeah, well, it's, it's nice to get back on track because this, we started to go downhill when that, I had that food bar there with the white surgery in the middle of December, and then we were definitely off for Christmas and the New Year thing. So it's been three weeks. So um, here we are. We're, we're still we, – we finally got episode 43 in the can. And, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to 50. And then I'll be It'll be here soon. Once, <laughs> once at the after that, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, cool. Well, thanks you to everyone who uh, made it. Thanks to everyone who will be listening to this in the future. I'm still working on trying to get things. There's, and I have to talk to you about this because there's, there's like RSS feeds and all that kind of stuff that we need to set up to get onto some of these other um, uh, I, uh, podcast directories like iTunes and stuff like that. And I'm just not sure about how those things are, where I find them, or whatever. Yeah. So as soon as I know that, it'll be easy to slip in place. But um, uh, maybe it's maybe it's just a matter of getting a plug-in and putting it in the right place. But um, once that's done, then this will be available on iTunes. I'm hoping to make that happen here before the end of the month. Um, but uh, So it's just these little things, right? It's not about getting the podcast onto iTunes. It's about figuring out what I need to get it on there. Um, I've got – I think I have the list. And then systematically working through it, and then it'll end up on iTunes, as long as Apple graces me with their approval. Yeah. Right. But that I can't do anything about, right? I mean, the only thing I can do is to present it in the way that they said they want it, and then at that point it's out of my hands. But yeah. and this, this goes for everyone, right? Whether or not somebody awards you a black belt or a certificate or whatever, that's out of your hands because they can go nuts and change their criteria. And I've, I've seen martial arts teachers do this, right? Um, not, not that I would do it, but um, that, that, at that point it's out of your hands. But all the training and practice and skill development that you uh, need to, to get to that thing, right, that's absolutely in your power. But if you develop all those things that were necessary to get that belt and you never get the belt, right, you can call that person an asshole all you want for the rest of your life, but you still have the skills mm-hmm. that that belt right. would have represented. So sure. who gives a shit, right? Go buy a belt for yourself, but make sure you have the skills to back it up, right? Yeah. So control what you can, right? And that, and and don't worry about the other stuff. That way, you know that, you know, if if something happens or doesn't happen, you know where the fault lies. So, you know, but at the same time, where was your focus, right? And, and I'm going to finish yeah. the same way I started. Don't be freaking vague about your goals, and don't put all of your focus on this thing you want in the future. Focus on the tasks. Focus on the things that you can do today. And the first thing that everybody needs to focus on is freaking showing up. And I gave you a simple one, right? 15 minutes out of your day, right, that you're going to work on a couple of things every single day for the next 21 days. So at the end of 21 days, 
you will be so much better at those things than you even thought that you could be because you did it every single day. You didn't need to do it for an hour or two hours. 15 minutes is enough, right? And it's easy. It's doable. The hard part, the skill that needs to be developed is the discipline to friggin' show up, mm. right? Which is pretty yeah. ironic that people can't show up in their own damn lives <laughs> right. <laughs> to do the things that they say are important. So anyway, all right, we'll leave it at that. Fudo has spoken for the day. Uh, <laughs> oh, this so. is going to be a good year. This is going to be a freaking phenomenal year because I've already looked at myself in the mirror a couple of times and gone, what the fuck were you thinking? Excuse my line. Nah. Okay? Um, that was just stupid. Why would you do that? You know, and that, uh, trust me, the way I speak to anybody is three times less or three times more minimal than I, the standards that I hold myself accountable to. So Fudo speaks in both directions, outward and inward. Right. The rope is for inward, the sword is for outward, but that flame is always on. Mm. The flame is always on. All right, dude, it's been nice talking to you again. Yes, and, you as uh, well. We, we, yeah, we need to we, we need to batten down the whole feed and things like that for the podcast to get this thing where it needs to go um, so that um, we can uh, put a stamp on the world, so to speak. Yeah. So anyway, okay. Uh, I don't see anything from anybody else, so let's wrap this up, shall we? Yeah. Talk to everybody Happy again next week. Okay. Happy New Year. Thank you for listening to Kudet, the podcast for self-defense and martial arts news, interviews, techniques, and history. For more information on upcoming martial arts seminars, camps, and classes with Sheehan Miller, or to submit a question or discussion topic to the show, call 570-884-1118 or visit warrior-concepts-online.com.